0: What is up everybody, it is the UFC 292 recap show, uh, it was a big night, Sean O'Malley gets it done in the main event, uh, what a crazy card uh, it ended up being, a crazy finish I should say, um, yeah let's get right into it, uh, the main event will start there, um, kind of went down just how I thought it was going to go, um, I thought that uh, it was going to be very slow at the start um, and I thought whoever made the first mistake um, was going to be the one that would end up paying. And uh, boy, did it ever go that way. Um, Aljo makes a bit of a mistake uh, being too aggressive at the start of the second round. And I uh, walked right into a right-hand counter by uh, uh, Sean O'Malley. Uh, that put put him put, put the champ away and uh, gave O'Malley the crown uh, at 135. Um, I would say that Aljo definitely never looked, um, comfortable, uh, standing with O'Malley in that whole fight. Um, that whole first round, he looked very, uh, unsure of, uh, O'Malley's movements, looked like he didn't want to commit. Um, O'Malley looked like he was sticking to his game plan a lot better than, uh, Aljo did, um, which is interesting because, uh. You know, the whole read on O'Malley all week was, you know, we were going to figure out that, you know, he was going to get exposed, this, that, the other. And I kind of thought that was all nonsense to to begin with. Uh, O'Malley, uh, you know, had shown before that he was at least a legit top contender at 135 between the Munoz fight and the uh, Jan fight in particular. Um, So this whole idea that O'Malley was, you know, not fit to be challenging for the belt was always just kind of a little ridiculous. Um, so I I it sounds like Aljo underestimated O'Malley. Um, if you listen to his post-fight interview and his post-fight press conference, um, he definitely sounded as if he didn't take O'Malley seriously as a challenger. And, you know, I, I think it showed in the fight. I think he was not prepared... Uh, for O'Malley's movement for O'Malley's feints. um he was not he definitely thought that O'Malley probably would have been feeling the moment and he wasn't um and in the end it was it was a big strike that puts O'Malley uh, puts Aljo away um, early on in the second um a little bit of a funky stoppage um I didn't have an issue with it though I do know some people were crying out early stoppage on the on the uh, interwebs um i thought it was a weird stoppage in that goddard could have mark goddard the referee could have stopped it um at a few points in time before he did um he aljo didn't exactly face plant but whenever you see a guy go fall forward like that you're almost inclined to say stop but you know he he didn't fully face plant. He rolls onto his back, and then he was eating some hair fists. I thought he could have got. I thought he could have stopped it there, and then uh, he also, when he was using his guard to defend himself, um, he ate a big right hand by O'Malley that uh, kind of pinned his head back to the to the mat. Uh, that also could have been a good opportunity to stop it. And I think that's right then and there. That's when he rolled, and then uh, the Goddard stopped it when he was eating some hair fists. So. It was a little bit of a weird timing in that he stopped it. But I, I thought that, you know, O'Malley had made his point by that point in time. So I didn't have any issues with the stoppage. But, man, O'Malley, he just, yeah, he he shelled out. And, uh, yeah, no, he's about to blow up. Um, yeah, I mean, that that KO was being shared everywhere. And, you know, he's, he's, I'm sure if you're following his Instagram followers, I'm sure he's going up and up and up. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's this is a McGregor esque, you know, sort of rise. I mean it's not it's not that much buzz, but it's it's a lot of buzz and, you know, he's I would say he's probably the next superstar um that the UFC will have to market. Um and, and he's only twenty eight and so there's a lot of time left and, you know, he's just sorta of entering the prime of his career and now he's got the belt, so You know, this is a big opportunity for the UFC and Sean O'Malley to print some money and make some uh, big fights happen um, in the near future. Um, But yeah, I mean, he looked great. Um, Like I said, I wasn't really shocked by it, though. I mean, it 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 does, when you watch it over and over again, as I was watching it yesterday, I gotta say, it felt like the alternate ending to a movie. And, uh, like, it 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 just seemed like uh, he wasn't supposed to become the uh, bantamweight champion, but here we are. And, uh, yeah, he, he knocks out Aljo, who, I mean, much respect to Aljo, but I never thought of him as this unbeatable force. And I'll get into this with, uh, you know, talking about, you know, greatest of all time and all that jazz. But, you know, I never thought he was this unbeatable force that you know was destined to just beat everyone at 135 and then move up to 145 and test himself there seems to be a lot of um whenever a champion defends the title a few times um I feel like these days we we want to like give someone the label of being the greatest of all time at that weight class or even just pound for pound in general. And, you know, you look at guys like GSP and Silva and Demetrius Johnson and John Jones and how many times they defended the belt. And I think that, first of all, I think that the contender pool is much better now than it was when those guys were defending the belts in pretty much all those weight classes. And I, I just, it's it's tough to see guys defending a belt, you know, eight, nine, 10 times these days. Like that's a real, like that almost seems like a pipe dream at this point, um, just for a multitude of reasons. You know, you got, A, you got a lot of good contenders, so it's very unlikely that you're going to be, I mean, winning eight fights in a row, in the UFC is ridiculous, let alone eight title fight, or technically nine if you count winning the belt. Um, and then you also have, you know, the money aspect. These guys aren't fighting as much as they used to. And, you know, it, it, there's just a lot that goes into it. The only guys that I see right now that could go on, that I see, no one's beaten them at that weight class, you know, in the foreseeable future, I would say, is uh, volkanovsky and Adesanya and other than that um, everyone else is sort of you know I could see them losing to you name it um, you know it's always the last guy you expect is, is going to be the one that dethrones these guys and you know between the three guys that Aljo had defended the belt against he defends it against Piotr Jan and TJ Dillashaw and Henry Cejudo O'Malley's the one that has the least grappling regiment at least, you know, that we've seen. No one's really tested his grappling in the UFC. Because no one can really get past those strikes. But, um, you know, so on paper, O'Malley would have looked like the least likely candidate to beat him. But, you know, that's why they fight. You know, that's why it's not fought on paper. And, you know, like I said, there's this, this a weird thing these days with we want to just give out the uh, greatest of all time, you know, label, just, or just say that someone's just unbeatable, it's, it's just, it's weird, I don't, I don't know where it came from, but it's like, any anytime that a champion defends the belt a couple times, it's like, we're already throwing them in the greatest of all time discussions, and, you know, the sport is so new, that it's like, there isn't that much to compare them against, but, I don't know, it's just, it's always weird that we always go there, but, but, yeah, I mean, o'malley's now he's got a chance to speaking of you know greatest of all time runs i mean o'malley really has a chance here uh to become the greatest 135 er if he's able to hold this belt um for a long time and i mean at 28 who's to say he can't um but as i as i was just digressing who's to say he's going to successfully defend the title in his next fight um which most likely will be against someone that he lost to um in Chito Vera who also fought on this card. Uh Chito fought um Pedro Muñoz in the first fight on the main card and I gave out the pick uh on Friday that I had Muñoz and I thought that Muñoz was going to be the more aggressive guy and I mean I think I pretty much had a good read on it. Um I guess I didn't expect uh, Cheeto to be so accurate with his strikes. Um, I, I always sort of thought it was going to be a close fight, and um, it was. The 30 27s on the scorecard were a little bit uh, disappointing to hear because uh, I don't see where Cheeto won the second round. I will have to re watch the fight in the near future but live i felt like the first round was really close i felt like the first round you could have judged it either way it was sort of do you favor Cheeto's efficiency which i usually do so i will say that probably i would have given that round to to marlon vera uh or do you or do you value aggression which is what Munoz had. Munoz was putting out twice twice the output, but they were both landing at the same clip. The second round was definitely Munoz's round. Munoz was being the more aggressive guy, and uh, the statistics really, again, they were sort of even. But I I really want to rewatch that second round because I don't really see how the strikes were all that even. Um, in that second round because if it, it felt like munoz was the one that was landing cleaner and uh he was he was being the more aggressive fighter i i i really thought he won that second round and then the third round was clearly was clearly cheeto's um a little surprise surprise sorry i had an issue there um yeah again uh munoz i thought won the second round. Um, I thought Cheeto won third round and I thought the first round was up in the air. Um, but nevertheless, I mean, I didn't mind the judge's decision. Um, and you know, unfortunately I do feel like, uh, Corey Sanhagen's going to end up getting screwed here and, uh, Marab as well. Uh, Devalish Philly, I feel like, uh, they're both going to get screwed out of a title shot and, uh. Cheeto Vera is going to get the title shot. Um, I think that uh, the UFC knows where the money is. They know that Marlon's a little bit sort of a draw. Um, He did beat O'Malley before in the past. A little bit of a janky, fluky win. You know, if you want to call it that. And, you know, so there's history there between the two. And, you know, now Cheeto's coming off a win. So it seems like it's set up perfectly for the two to meet. Um, at the end of the year, or at early next year. Um, so there's that, I will say, uh, Pedro was, uh, he always seems to be in that sort of fight, and he never seems to get the decision. Um, he's been in a lot of those fights with those guys, and he never seems to come out on top. Um, but yeah, no, it was a good showing by him. Um, Zhang Li in the co-main event, uh, she dominates over Amanda Lemos, who was, you know, game, as I would say, um, I picked, uh, Zhang by submission, um, she took her back a few times, of course, didn't submit her, uh, but, you know, it is what it is, um, uh, Zhang's another one, though, that, you know, everyone's gonna say, well, who's gonna beat this girl, and it's like, well, you know, there is Tatiana Suarez coming up, uh, and, uh, who else just beat, uh, oh, yeah, Yan, Xiaonan, um, They both just came off wins over Jessica Andrade. Uh, I could see either one of them getting a title shot. Um, But, yeah, she put on a hell of a performance. I believe it was the most, uh, the biggest striking difference between uh, two women uh, in any UFC fight um, in history. So there's that. And then we also had uh, Chris Weidman um, returned. uh, And, again, another pick uh, on this pod's behalf I picked uh, Chris Weidman didn't look didn't look great um he did show some spirit though he fought himself back into that fight against Brad Tavares at a couple points in time but man Brad's takedown defense was uh really good I wasn't expecting that um and I, I Chris did just look like a uh uh a, 39 a, a year old that had hadn't fought in two years, Um, for sure, for sure he did, and uh, Ian Gary, Ian Gary shells out on the, uh, in the featured bout on the main card, Uh, he was third on the main card, Um, puts a whooping on Neil Magny, Um, that was, no one really does that to Neil Magny, and I mean, I thought he was going to outclass him uh, in the striking department, but not to that extent, Uh, that was really impressive, um again I'm, I'm high on ian gary i've always thought that he'll be you know up there as a contender at 170 i think he will at some point challenge for the belt um like i said will he be the champion i don't know but i will say that he's he's gonna probably you know make his mark and get there so big night for the ufc in that regard they have pretty much two well O'Malley's no longer budding he's in full bloom and uh Ian Gary is for sure uh on the rise, uh, at one seventy. So, you know, that's two big names that the UFC can promote in the future. Um, and uh that they're, they're the next you know, they're this next wave of superstars really that you you know, you look at and you say, Well, this guy is uh, you know, printing money um for the UFC, so well, that's all that I have uh, for this pod. Uh, i sorry I had a little bit of a technical issue, and I'm, honestly, I'm not even sure if this f- section recorded. But uh, thank you, for guys, for listening, and uh, see you. See you later.